Good morning. Welcome back from Thanksgiving break. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Monday morning, November 27th. It's so great to be with you today to be back into the swing of things. Let's begin, well, as we do every morning here on Roadmap to Heaven, with our morning offering in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, once again, it's great to be back with you. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and a beautiful celebration of Christ the King this weekend. Uh, heard a great homily yesterday, and uh, Father was talking about our, whether or not we actually let Jesus be king. I mean, are you willing to say, yes, I will let you have control? Or are we saying, nope, I have to be in control. I have to be in charge. I have to be the one to do this, that, or the other thing. Uh, are we surrendering to the king, or are we trying to wrestle control away from him. Today on the show, we're going to hear a homily from Monsignor Eugene Morris about Christ the King, and we're also going to hear about What is Holiness from Father Chad Ripiker. That's for our radio listeners. For those of you listening on the podcast, uh, we're going to have, and the radio, the the duel right there. Uh, we have Emily Malloy joining us on the show later on today, and uh, she's going to talk about, well, Advent starts next week, and if you're like me, you're saying, how do I decorate? Everybody else in the world seems to be saying, all right, well, it, it, it has been Christmas since Halloween. Well, no, it's not Christmas. It's, it's not even Advent until Sunday. Uh, so how do we decorate our homes? You know, what, what's the Catholic way to approach this? And, uh, you know, how can it help us foster this season of preparation? Emily's going to be with us to share about that. So that's all ahead on Roadmap to Heaven today. Let's uh, go now to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day. This is the feast day of St. James Intercissus and St. Virgilius, born in Ireland at the beginning of the 8th century. Virgilius was the son of a nobleman and educated at the Abbey of Iona off the coast of Scotland. There, Virgilius became a priest and also developed a unique gift for geography far ahead of his time. In his mid-forties, he left Ireland to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land and afterwards settled in France for a few years before going to Bavaria. In Bavaria, he helped St. Rupert bring the faith to those living in the Alps and across much of Austria. Eventually, Virgilius was named Abbot of Salzburg. It was here that he had a serious disagreement with St. Boniface. Virgilius believed that the earth was round, which at the time was considered heretical, and St. Boniface twice denounced him in Rome. In both cases, however, Virgilius was cleared. He went on to continue spreading the Lord's word, building the church, and becoming known as the Apostle of Southern Austria. He died on this day in 1232. St. Virgilius, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Prayer in a Time of Waiting All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. 
Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice. Instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. It is that age-old question that we face every year. How do we decorate our homes seasonally as Catholics? I mean, everybody else has pretty much been decorating for Christmas since, oh, September. And here we are saying, well, I, I suppose I could get the Advent wreath out. Luckily, we're not alone in this, and we're happy to have with us Emily Malloy. She is the author of Theology of Home, and it's a multi-volume set. This is Theology of Home 4, Arranging the Seasons. Emily, it's so good to have you with us today. Oh, it's a joy to be here with you. So this really is the question. You know, I, I want to decorate my home appropriately. And you, growing up as a kid, we always had the Halloween decorations up. And then those would, some of them would turn around so that they would just be pumpkins and would be transitioned to Thanksgiving at my parents' home. But the day after Thanksgiving, to this day, my parents get out the Christmas tree and the Christmas lights and all of these decorations. And when my wife and I started our marriage and we started talking about our home, that was the big question. What are we going to do? What are we going to put up? especially in light of the fact that Advent comes before Christmas. And I am thankful to know that I'm not alone in asking these questions and that you've got some insight and some tips and tricks for us. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's a really natural inclination to just want to jump right in. And I have been known to do that in the past. But I think there is something uh, to be gained in that waiting. Um, and I talk about that in my book um, during the month of December, just the importance and the beauty of Advent. And if we allow ourselves to kind of just sit in that wait, in that longing, there's just such a beautiful Christmas octave and, and even extended to the presentation, if you want to extend it that long, that can be had. And it, I didn't realize how much I was um, losing in kind of just running and ignoring that Advent exists at all. So I think what you speak to is a struggle <laughs> that we all have. And, and I really, I would say for the past five to six, well, maybe in my motherhood, I would say when my uh, youngest was or my oldest was born nine years ago, almost 10 now, uh, I really made the decision to live this season of Advent. And it's been extremely fruitful. Now, I imagine that what, what we are not saying is no decorations. We're not saying you don't decorate your house at all. What we're saying is decorate appropriate for the season. So for some of us, we might have some very definitive things. I know over the past 14 years, we've kind of adapted this custom of uh, preparation as a theme for all of Advent, that little by little, we're bringing more and more out so that as we get to Christmas Eve, we're ready to celebrate Christmas but it's it's exactly that. It, it happens in stages. The first thing is the Advent wreath on the dining room table in our home. But the beautiful thing about this is it's not one set of directions that everyone has to follow. There's a lot of room for personalization where family customs and uh, traditions come into play. So what are some of the things you do in, in your decorating to keep with that season, that anticipation, but not have just a void where everything is white walls and nothing else? 
Right. So the Advent wreath is, uh, like you said, something very prominent in our home. And we work really hard and make it very special. So um, adding lots of different greens and sometimes even just special things that you can get at the store. But of course, I love to go outside and cut and and use what I can find here because that's really special. I go all out. And then usually about halfway through Advent, we have to refresh it um, because of just, I want it to kind of still have that fresh fragrance scent. But I think another thing that homes can do, of course, the Jesse tree is a very popular thing. And I think that's a beautiful um a beautiful way to mark the days of Advent. Um, and you don't necessarily have to use a tree with ornaments, you know, like some people do. I think there's a lot of other ways you can sort of facilitate that meditation through salvation history uh, as the four weeks progress. But I think one thing that is really good to do is to have um, like a crush, have a nativity scene in your home. And if you're fortunate enough where, you know, the baby Jesus isn't attached, you know, permanently um, to just have it empty and waiting. And so one thing that is a common practice and we do, although we might not do it this year because we've had a terrible drought and there's a hay shortage and all hay is going to animals this year, but usually you get pieces of hay or straw and it kind of thinking of it as like the sacrifice beads, for example, of like St. Therese, you know, with the children, each little sacrifice that they do, they take a piece of straw and put it in the manger scene, you know, prepping that. Um, another thing that we do in our home, um, it's kind of taking, um, uh, something that I did in school growing up. I did not go to Catholic school, but we would sort of count down the days until Christmas by making chain links. So kind of in that same vein of um, the sacrifice beads, I always have a jar of cut slips of white and purple construction paper. And when I see that the kids have done something um, that, you know, is warrants praise or, you know, and or even if they see something that somebody else does, you know, they make a chain. And it's this visual reminder of sort of the uh, preparing our hearts for the Lord. Um, but you also speak to this slow evolution of the home in preparing for Christmas because it can be really overwhelming. You know, you want to do all the things and it it really is overwhelming. So sometimes about halfway through, I really start getting greens and having bare greens throughout the home, you know, on the mantle um, and that sort of thing. And then sometimes I'll decorate with like the purple privet berries, if you're familiar with that, um, with that shrub. And then I'll replace that out for red at Christmas, you know, different holly and other red berries um, at Christmas time. And I try to hold off on the tree as, as late as I can um, because we do get a fresh tree. And, you know, there's there's something about that, you know, that being just the, the big anticipation, you know, of all of those times. So we usually try to do it the week of Christmas, um, around the 20th, 21st. Now, since relocating um, down here in the South, like Gaudete Sunday is the latest I can wait, believe it or not. So sometimes we'll go cut the tree and then we'll have it kind of sitting and waiting, or we may just kind of have it bare um, and then slowly, you know, go through the process so that um, by cr the week uh, leading up to Christmas, our home is, is ready and waiting. I love all of those ideas. You know, I reached out to some of you, our, our listeners and our viewers, to say, what do you do in your homes? And some of the ideas that came back, I mean, there were a lot of them. They're all great. Uh, some of them that stick out. There was one family that said, we don't put any lights up until St. Lucy's Feast Day on yeah. December 13th. Another family said that they do this incrementalism as well. Like every week, they just bring out a little bit more 
a little bit more. Two of the things we've been doing in our home for the past several years that, that I absolutely love watching the kids love. Uh, we, we had imported a tradition we learned about right here on the show called Mary on the Mantle. And we have a, a oh. plush uh, doll that's Our Lady of Guadalupe. And every day when they get up, they go and they look and, and there's a note with Mary on the Mantle with an activity for Advent. Sometimes it's do something for your brother or sister or for your parents or your teacher. Other times it's today uh, we get ready to celebrate St. Nicholas who comes tomorrow. So let's put out the stockings and whatever it may be. Another idea I heard one family has on their dining room table a bowl with little slips of paper and their acts of Advent, and they range in that same same spirit. Do something for someone. Write a letter to a relative, whatever it may be, an act of service, an act of love, an act of fellowship with a family member. And every day the kids have to pick one out, and whatever they pick, that's what they have to do that day. Uh, you know, one of the things I really love, Emily, is in the, with the technology we have, especially with LED lights, it's very easy to get some lights up, but keep with the Advent colors of violet and rose, and then switch over when it is time for Christmas. One last one that, that we've been doing, we're an artificial tree family because I am <laughs> terribly allergic to most trees. We put our tree up, but we don't decorate it. And then as we received cards in the mail throughout the entire season, when our kids were toddlers and they would just grab whatever off the tree, we started punching holes in the card and tying ribbon through them and hanging the cards on the tree until Christmas. And that way, our home was being decorated by the warmth and the love of our friends and family who would send those greetings to us as well. Yes, I absolutely, I do love that. We um, do something similar, except it's usually a garland in a doorway, and I will get clothespins and and clip them on. And then um, I've had a few friends say, you know, speaking of those cards, I know it's kind of fast forwarding to the next season, but it's such a beautiful practice to hold on to those cards that you get at Christmas time and make a pile and tuck it aside and then come Lent you get it out. And then each day you pray and make offerings for each of the families whose cards they send. And then there's that tangible thing of if you have their face that you really, you know, it really um, makes the prayer more concrete. Yeah. Now, one of the things we should mention is as we do all of this, not only is this a great benefit for us, but especially thinking uh, where I live, I'm in a part of the city of St. Louis where we have whole streets that go all out. And we, we looked at a house and my wife said, I don't want to live on the street. I don't want the pressure that comes with decoration <laughs> if we live here. Uh, we have an opportunity not just to do beautiful things, but to evangelize, whether that's that outdoor crash or, you know, even the signs we put out. We have one that that says, let's remember Jesus is the reason for the season. It's a little cliche. We have one that we light up that says joy. But that, that's a great opportunity for us too, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think there's just so much to be said for simplicity as well. You know, you don't have to make it absolutely just over the top, right? You know, it it, it kind of adds a stress to the season and diminishes from the whole point of it all, right? And I think we can get so caught up in all of that. Oh, we have to watch all of our movies, you know, that we love at Christmas, you know, each night. And, you know, we just, we put so much pressure on these sort of the external things, but what's most important is what's happening internally. But I, I do, I agree. I absolutely love the the profound simplicity of just a crush outside with maybe a little light on it and some greens around it. I think that is just a super profound reminder of, of the point of it all. It, it really is. Theology of Home Volume 4 has 
Great ideas for you about arranging your home for the season. Emily Malloy is the author, and we're so grateful she's been with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. Emily, on behalf of all of us here, thank you for your time, and we wish you a blessed season of Advent leading to a joyous and blessed Christmas. Thank you so much. Same to you. That's it for now on Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to take a break, but stay tuned. There's more after this. Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Oh, what consolation, what sweetness, what confidence, what emotion fill my soul when I pronounce thy sacred name, or even only think of thee. I thank God for having given thee, for my good, so sweet, so powerful, so lovely a name. But I will not be content with merely pronouncing thy name. Let my love for thee prompt me ever to hail thee, Mother of Perpetual Help. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Visit us today. And now back to this podcast. Welcome back to another week of the Daily Dose of Encouragement with Patty Schneier. And Patty, it's a new week, so we need a new theme. What have you brought for us today? Well, the fourth week of November is always the week of Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving week, and most of us love this holiday with great food, time with family, maybe some great football traditions or shopping memories are savored in your family. And most of us want to think that we are grateful for God's blessings in our lives. So we stop to pause and give God the priority around our dinner tables at Mass and within our prayer time. But what about beyond Thanksgiving? That's what I want to talk about this week. How do we foster true gratitude and a spirit of thanks every day of the year and grow in this virtue of giving thanks. I thought this was an important topic to unpack and one in which I found myself challenged to take my own advice. So I want all of you to know that I'm suggesting these ideas to my own self first, and I'm giving my own conscience a bit of a shove into action. But I hope that these encouragements can become habits and a part of who we are. So the first one, let's start by pondering and memorizing sacred scripture about giving thanks. God has a lot to say about living a life of gratitude. My favorite verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.16. This is my life verse. I have it hanging in my family room. You can get it at Hobby Lobby framed. And it says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Or Psalm 118, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Here's an exercise for you. What if every single thing Thing you have today were gone tomorrow if you failed to give God thanks for it. Wouldn't you start with every second of every minute to thank God for your health, your sight, your hearing, your sense of smell, touch, taste? You'd thank God for the roof over your head, the food on your table, the clothes on your back, your car, your legs, your hands, your hair, your 10 fingers, toes, heat in the winter, air conditioning in the summer. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? You'd start thanking him for the grocery store, for your children, your neighbors, your boss, your family members, your priest, your parish, the sacraments. Wouldn't you be intentional about thanking God for the normal things we take for granted if you knew 
that they would be gone tomorrow? Dishes, glasses, photo albums, tools, running water, hot water, clean water, fresh vegetables, a winter coat, gloves, hat, snow boots, a pillow. I mean, think about it. A washing machine. There's so many things. A mattress, sheets, blankets. Have you ever just gone on a walk or been driving in your car and choose to thank God for everything that you see and everything that comes to your mind, every person in your life? Or pick a psalm about Thanksgiving and just memorize it. Make it a part of who you are by committing it in your heart and having it on your lips. These are just a few suggestions to get us started in thinking about how can we be more intentional with gratitude. We're going to do it all week. I'm always excited to see what my dad's going to do with the leftover food from Thanksgiving. He turns it into new things. So I I am excited this week, Patty, to see what you are going to do with our leftover gratitude that we hope never runs dry. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for this week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. Sadly, however, this year there were not enough leftovers for my dad to make a pot pie. Uh, but there were some pretty good leftovers. We, we ended up making some soup out of all the leftover veggies from our veggie tray. That's what we were responsible for this year. And, you know, sometimes cooking reminds me of the way God works. You have all these ingredients, and maybe they were intended for something else. You know, you and I intend to do X, Y, or Z with them. And then we don't know what to do with what we have. And God steps in and he makes something wonderful out of it. You know, in this case, we took vegetables. We added broth and a few other things. And well, it's a secret recipe. I'll have to share it with you sometime, but I'm not ready to share it with you yet. And we made soup. But how often do I say, okay, I have a plan. This goes back to what we were saying earlier on the show. I have a plan. I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to be the king. I'm going to be the one to do all of this. And God says, you know, Adam, I have a plan. And he'll say, okay, well, God, but I I did all these things, and and I didn't realize you had a plan. Or maybe someone told me, but I chose to ignore it. And now I've really messed things up. And and, and look at this. I'm not giving you great ingredients to work with. And God says, oh, no, 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 no. I can can work with that. If you come to me and say, I want to do your will, you come to me with a contrite heart, you're repentant. You come and ask for forgiveness for your sins, especially in the sacrament of confession for those mortal sins, which is how mortal sins are absolved, right? You come to me every day in prayer. You come to me coming to not just Sunday Mass, but Mass as often as you can. You know, you're living the precepts of the church. You're trying your best to live that life of holiness. Oh, God can make some wonderful things with that. You know, it's the best soul food we'll ever have, right? It's when God works in our soul and feeds us spiritually. I'll stop with the puns now. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. Mary, mother of the church, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, don't forget, we still have a few days left in November, but Friday is our first Friday of December. Saturday is our first Saturday. We'll talk about that tomorrow, but get ready to pray those devotions. I bring this up to say let's maximize these last few days where we're very intentionally praying for the dead. And a little spoiler alert, we can continue to pray for them after the month of November, but our concentrated efforts are especially right now 
So let's use these last few days to pray for those who have died who need our prayers. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't forget to pray your rosary today.